Have you ever been in a hopeless situation? You felt like nothing was working, that uh, all the things you were trying that used to work maybe in the past, at least to some degree, no longer work, and you're wondering what you can turn to now. This morning, I want to talk about an attitude, an attitude of hope. Do you have hope this morning? I do. And you can too. One night at dinner, a man who had spent many summers in Maine fascinated his companions by telling about a little town of a, a, in, in Maine called Flagstaff. This town was flooded as a result of a dam that was built in the area. They knew that the, the dam was going to be built, that the waters were going to rise, and eventually their town would be completely submerged by water. And in the months before it was flooded, All improvements and repairs in the whole town were stopped. After all, what was the use of painting a house if it were to be covered with water in six months? Why repair anything when the whole village was to be wiped out? So week by week, week after week, the whole town became more and more bedraggled. More gone to seed, more will be gone. And then the man telling the story summarized what happened in that little town. Where there is no faith in the future, there is no power in the present. Clearly, having no hope is a serious issue, and we know it's an issue in our world, in our country today. I was reading in the Focus on the Family magazine, and they highlighted the tragic story of several teenagers, and they went like this. Early one March morning, Heidi, 15, and her boyfriend, Christopher, 16, decided Life wasn't worth living. So living in Los Angeles, they saw no reason to go on. And so they made a short hike down a rugged path on a cliff overlooking the Pacific Ocean. They ducked through a hole in a chain link fence, which allowed them to get into a narrow concrete spillway known locally as the diving board. And there before dawn, the couple jumped to their deaths, falling 150 feet into the crashing surf below. Their bodies were found by a jogger at sunrise. Two months later, just a few miles down the road, 14-year-old Amber and her 15-year-old friend Alicia, who decided they had had enough, took their lives as well. The family knew that they had been using drugs but seemed to be getting better lately. They seemed to be happier lately. After their suicidal leap, many of the girls' classmates gathered on the cliff one night to light candles, to play music, to mourn their loss. One classmate tried to talk about what was going on, their apparent philosophy of life. You know, she said, life sucks so much as it is right now. A lot of teenagers don't know if it's going to get better or not. I guess suicide is their only way out. They feel they can't talk to people. We don't feel like we can talk to our parents or anybody. They say they understand, but they don't. Hopes in this world are often dashed to pieces when we live in such a world. People having so many problems, so many things against them that they just want to give up hope all the time. I'm sure you know the statistics as well as I do. The number of people with clinical depression is on the rise. The number of suicides is also on the rise, especially among young people. Since 2000, the national suicide rate has gone up 30%. In the last 10 years, it's been 2% each year. And we ask, 
What is going on? What is happening? Well, I'll tell you, something dark, something tragic is going on. People are losing hope, and that's critical that they have hope. You may be thinking by now, why is Pastor John bringing us down so much today? (laughs) You know, I didn't come to church on Easter to hear a bunch of bad news. I came to hear good news. Well, I'm going to get to that, but you have to wait a minute, another minute or two. It's hard to imagine in this world what some people have to deal with, what they have to endure, the difficulties, the obstacles, the tragedies. Most of us have experienced troubles of some kind of our own, financial troubles, maybe family troubles, maybe uh, relationship problems. Maybe it's a serious illness, even life-threatening illnesses. Many of the people here this morning have already gone through something like this. We could take time to tell the different stories. We would, we would be astounded by the tragedies and the losses, the divorces, the deaths of family members, the, the lawsuits, maybe the cancer that was discovered. And I don't know really anyone who has lived any length of time on this earth that does not have some kind of trouble in their lifetime. Even the most privileged people on earth don't go through life unscathed. Because life is full of troubles. But let me tell you this. There is hope. There is hope. There is still reason to have hope. Have you found that reason? Now, the Apostle Peter connected hope with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's why I want to bring it up today. Because this is the day we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave. I want to connect hope with the resurrection as well. And Peter said it this way in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Peter's generation was under intense persecution. Many of them had lost their jobs. Many of them have lost a place to live. Some of them had lost their lives simply because they followed Jesus Christ. So the apostle wrote this first letter to his fellow believers as a letter of hope and encouragement. He wanted them to know that no one could take their hope away no matter their circumstances. Even if they took everything else, they could not take their hope. Do you and I have such a hope? Listen to his words of encouragement again. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade. Now, If we just broke those verses down into a few little parts, it would make them so simple to understand. First of all, praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that God is the source of our blessings. He is the author of our salvation. In His great mercy, this is not what we deserve. This is not anything that we earned. We did not go and, and spend a lot of money or a bunch of time trying to gain God's favor. He freely gave it. He chose To give it freely. And what has he given us? He has given us new birth. New life. 
a total change of life, a chance to start completely new, to start completely over, a new birth into a living hope, a hope that continues without end, a hope that we can wake up to every morning, a hope that is strong enough to keep us going no matter what we may face in this life through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. The power of our new birth into a living hope is Jesus' supernatural victory over the grave. Jesus proved he had power no one else did. Death, our most horrible enemy, was defeated once for all when Jesus rose from the grave and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. What awaits us after this life, whatever this life may include, what awaits us after this life can never be taken away from us by any person. Now, I want to talk this morning about hope. Specifically, I want to talk about my hope for Easter this year. What is my hope for Easter? What is my hope for you, my friends? First of all, I hope that this Easter, you will realize that Easter is more than a holiday. Now, Easter is a good holiday, Perhaps the best holiday. In my book, it is the best holiday, but it's much more than a holiday, isn't it? We've seen a lot of Easter's come and go. Every year, Easter rolls around. We have all the different things. We just go along with all of the different traditions, all of the different family outings, different things that are part of the routine because Easter has come, and so we celebrate it a certain way. Do you know that Easter is more than an Easter bunny and candy? Do you know that it's more than wearing nice outfits or having Easter egg hunts or, or maybe getting together with family members that you only see once or twice a year? Do you know that Easter is more than celebration of springtime? It's more than being able to go outside now that it's warmer and enjoy that after a long and hard winter. Now, don't get me wrong. I enjoy all of these things probably as much as the next guy. But the real meaning is so much more, much greater, much deeper more profound. Easter is a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus from the grave, and that changed everything. Do you know that? Secondly, I hope that this Easter that you will see how special Jesus is. Easter shows us that Jesus is one of a kind. There is absolutely no one like him, nor will there ever be. Jesus is set apart by Easter as someone different than anyone else who has ever lived. No one else has ever done what Jesus did when he rose from the grave. Everyone else has lived their lives and then gone to their graves early or late. But death could not hold him. Death could not keep him. And on the third day, he rose from the grave just as he said he would. At Easter, we proclaim that Jesus' resurrection changes everything. The resurrection shows us that God has power over life and death. So there is always hope because God's in charge and God will decide when our end will come. My hope is that Jesus will become the focal point of your entire Easter celebration starting today if it was not the case before. Now, I hope you will give Jesus a chance to show you that he is worthy of your hope. Jesus one time said to his disciples, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 6. People criticize Christians today 
when we try to make exclusive claims about Jesus, like he is the only way, he is the only truth, he is the only life. But it's kind of hard not to say that because it's true. <laughs> Other people make all kinds of boasts and claims. This one is true. And all we can do is state what Jesus stated. There is no one like him. He is the only way to be saved. He is the only way to get to God. He is the only way to eternal life. And he alone is worthy of our trust and confidence in a way that no one else is. Now, perhaps you struggle today with this thing called faith. And I know you're here maybe because your family wanted you to be. Maybe you want to believe, but it's really hard for you to do that. Maybe you have all kinds of questions and doubts in your mind that you need to work through. And that's fine. That, that's understandable. In fact, most of us have already been there where you are right now. So we invite your questions. We encourage your questions. And so does God. If you have doubts and questions, let me encourage you, just stay in the game. You know, stay involved. Get your questions answered. Seek after God. Because God's word says that if you will seek God with your whole heart, then you will find him. He promises that to any seeker. If you're, if you're true, if you're sincere, if you're genuine in your searching, you can only find God. Maybe we should be like the man in Mark chapter 9 who came to Jesus and asked him to heal his little boy. And his little boy somehow had become demon-possessed and was constantly hurting himself. He'd throw himself you know, down somewhere, maybe even into a fire, and the man was desperate, so he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus told the man that he would heal his son if the man had the faith to believe that Jesus could. And the man replied, I do believe. Help me in my unbelief. Help me with what I'm struggling with. He was saying, I do believe in you, Jesus. That's why I came to you. But I still need to know more about you so that I can have greater confidence in you. When you doubt or struggle to believe, keep seeking the truth because Jesus is the truth. He invites your questions. And when you are struggling to believe, uh, this is not the time to avoid Jesus or to stop going to church. This is the perfect time to go and go through the struggles, go through the questions, go through the doubts, admit those things and get help, and get answers from people who are maybe just a step or two ahead of you. And you will grow in your faith. Say to God, I do believe. Help me in my unbelief. Do you know how special Jesus is? I hope so. I also hope this Easter that you will discover the hope that cannot be taken away. I hope you will come find hope like our card says. Perhaps you saw that in your bulletin today. Maybe you got one of these cards. I'd like you to look at it just a minute if you have it nearby. And I want you to read three words on the front of it. It simply says this. Come and find hope. Come and find hope. You know, that's why we are here as a church. That's why New Hope Christian Church exists. That's what my job is. That's what the job is of every volunteer in this church family. Our job is to help you and anyone else find hope. That's why we're here. That's why we exist. That's our mission. People need hope. This is a society, a culture desperate for hope. 
And so at this moment, in this time, and in this place, God has positioned us so that we could bring hope through Jesus Christ to the people around us. In Christ, we are given an unparalleled hope that will never fade. His hope is undeniable. His hope is unconquerable. No matter what we may have to go through in this life, the hope we have in Christ cannot be taken away from us. There is always hope in Jesus Christ. No matter what else may be going on, there is hope in Jesus. Now, Peter knew that. All of those Christians of past generations have known that. They have have put their faith in Christ and never been disappointed. I know it. Many people in this room know it. I, we have experienced this hope ourselves. We have discovered that in Christ there is nothing life can throw at us that can take that hope away. Imagine if you interviewed any of the believers in here today and you would find out their stories of what they've been through, the struggles they've had, the losses that they've uh, accepted and, and, and been able to, to deal with you have to discover that their hope has sustained them, has carried them through, because Christ has never left them. He has never forsaken them, and he has carried them through all kinds of difficulties. Hebrews 6.19 says this, We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. That this hope in Christ is what keeps us steady even in the storms. Jesus Christ and the eternal life that we have been given in him holds us steady and secure even if the whole world falls apart around us. Do you have this hope which cannot be taken away? One of our favorite places to go as a family is the beach. Usually we go to Duck, North Carolina, but sometimes we've gone to Bethany Beach in Delaware or maybe down to Indian Rocks Beach in Florida or any number of other places because somehow we're just drawn to the beach. We love to go and spend a week at the beach. Some of you have just been there. Some of you will be going there later this year. When we go to the beach for a week, we inevitably build a sandcastle or some kind of a fort on the beach. Sometimes it's this big monstrous thing, not, not so pretty, but big, and we dig a great big hole, and we try and make it as strong as we can, and we try to keep it back away from the surf if we can, but inevitably we lose the battle, don't we? Because after all, it's just sand. No matter what you do to make sand work, it just can't hold up under the conditions. It can't hold up when that first tide comes through if you build it too close. If you get it away from the tide, eventually the rains come, the winds come, and that sand castle or that castle, the fort is, is destroyed. Our sand castle building efforts at the beach remind me of a parable Jesus told about building our houses on either rock or shifting sand. Two guys, he said, built very similar houses, but the greatest difference was the foundations upon which they were built. Listen to Jesus' parable. I want to read it from you, uh, for you from Matthew uh, chapter 7, starting in verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell 
with a great crash. Our very lives can be like building castles at the beach, but castles of sand. Now, we worked really hard to build them. We tried to make them as strong as we possibly could, but at the end of the day, they were made of sand after all. Sand makes a horrible foundation. One tide change can destroy our sandcastles and our lives, no matter how magnificently we built them. How beautiful they looked at some point doesn't matter. On what foundation were they built? Now, we've also seen along the coastline of of our country some beautiful lighthouses. Uh, My wife and I love to to go see these. We've seen uh, probably dozens of them now. And, And every one of them somehow stands the test of time, somehow goes through the storms that beat against that. And it's because those lighthouses are built on bedrock. Year after year, they're unmoved by the storms because they are built on bedrock. They have foundations that don't move because uh, they're built in such a way that even though they are hammered by the latest storm, they stand their ground. My hope for Easter is that you will discover the hope that cannot be taken away. My hope is for your hope to be placed not on a job or on friends or a spouse or your wealth, but on a foundation that will never, never fail you. Build your life on Jesus Christ, the bedrock, the sure foundation for any life. Now, I like the attitude that Philip Parham decided that he would hold on to. He said this, God believes in me, therefore my situation is never hopeless. God walks with me, therefore I am never alone. God is on my side, therefore I cannot lose. It reminds me of a Bible verse that I put at the bottom of every email I send out. It's Romans 15, 13. It says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You and I in this life will suffer losses of many kinds. It's a given. It's a fact of life. That's the way life is. But you and I will not lose our hope if we put our faith in Jesus Christ. He will not disappoint. He will not fail us. If you need to talk more about these things, maybe you just had a few things, uh, you know, perked in your mind. You want to talk about that. We're here. I'm here. I would love to get with you this week. And talk this through with you. Maybe hit some of those struggles, some of those doubts, some of those things that you're wondering about that you just can't seem to get past. Because this is too important to just let it go. This is too important to let it slide. This thing of hope is critical for your life and mine in such a world that we live in today. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for each person here today. I pray that our hearts would be open to you, that you continue to to show us your way, that you would help us to put trust in you, to realize that you are worthy of our confidence, to realize, Lord, that you have a, a plan for each person's life, each person that's in this room today, Lord. I pray that our trust in you will just continue to grow and that we will realize that Jesus is our hope. We love you, Lord.
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.